All right, welcome back to our show. That would be from page 305. I'm Manny Navarro, joined once again by my compadres, Andre Fernandez, Walt V. Money. Hello. And today we got a special guest on the show who is a part of our history at the Miami Herald many, many years ago uh, is where I met this guy. And he's one of the best in the business, uh, not just in terms of his hockey coverage of the Florida Panthers and, and Broward High Schools and all that other stuff, but uh, if you go to Hooters with this dude, you're going to have a great time drinking beer. With him. Uh, he's really, I mean, I, I don't know if there's anybody who's got uh, better, better skills uh, at drinking pitchers uh, than this dude. He and I uh, have knocked out many of them in the past, and I'm happy to have him on the show. George Richards, everybody. Welcome to the front page. Well, hi, guys. How, how's everybody doing today on the... The front page, nice. I never got on the front page. I was always on like page eight underneath the, uh, the highlight scores. Cooper City basketball wins again. Yeah, George Richards. Now you're on the front page. I'm on the front page. It feels good to be back on the front page, you know. Hey, brother. So I wanted to ask you about your venture because obviously we were we were teammates at the Herald, teammates at the Athletic, and I know things have changed. And we've talked about Andre and and what happened to him and. Yeah. What are, what are you up to now? Can you tell the listeners about your new venture and what you're doing with the Panthers? Well, since uh, I departed the uh, the athletic, as, as we parted terms, I guess you'll, you could say, um, I started up my own thing. I started up a website a couple of days after I got laid off and then I uh, had some offers and some stuff to do. And um, so I started up a new site, Panthers only, uh, you know, you know, it's hockey, mostly with a Panthers feel to it. It's called uh, FloridaHockeyNow.com. It's a subscription service, but a lot of free stuff is on there, especially right now, um, you know, with us, you know, not traveling with the team and, and not being able to be in the locker room and all that stuff. So um, it's, uh, yeah, let me tell you what, I started off last week and uh, response has been great. I think uh, just shows, you know, the Panthers – you know, kind of underserved in their coverage down here in this market. Um, I covered them, you know, for a long time at the Miami Herald. And then I went to Columbus, came back, you know, to join the athletic. And um, now that the athletics not covering them, I just felt like there was a, uh, there was a void there and uh, why not? Why wouldn't I fill it? You know, so uh, floridahockeynow.com. That's where you get all your Florida Panthers information. <laughs> I love the thanks plug. for the thanks for the free plug, baby. There you go. <laughs> I I love the uh, and I'm gonna have I'm gonna pass it to Walter and Andre here in a second. But I want to lay I want to lay a little bit more of the groundwork so that people know how 305 slash 954 you really are. I mean, you're like us, born and and raised here in South Florida, right? I mean, spent most of your life here anyway, uh, if you weren't born Other here. than the one year in Columbus, yep. <laughs> right, I mean, it, it just, it, you you basically called South Florida home from the get-go. And, and you know, we covered high schools together for many years. Um, and and so I, I wanted people to know a little bit more about George Richards and his background, because it's important on the front page 305 to to, to express how, how tight you are to this community. Yeah, I mean, I was born in Miami. I grew up, you know, I, I, yeah, I remember, on my way to, to Gratney Elementary in, in Miami, uh, my dad would stop at 7-Eleven for coffee and I'd grab a quarter out of his change thing and go buy a Miami Herald and take that to class. And so I literally grew up, you know, in elementary school reading the Miami Herald. And, and then I got a job there. We moved up to Broward and I went to Cooper City High. I got a job doing high school stuff. And the Coop. 
the coop baby and uh you know just taking phone calls like we all started there you know taking phone calls on friday nights and you know writing stories about high school stuff and it just kind of evolved into a career so uh yeah and so like i said you know aside from that one year where i went to columbus to work for the columbus dispatch covering the blue jackets yeah i've been here my whole life so uh 305 baby I like Anthony, our producer, Anthony Millian, throwing up the U because he knows <laughs> that G-Man has a deep connection to the U as well. I mean, many, uh, many years uh, going to that Orange Bowl, seeing yeah. some great games, uh, having some great seats. I mean, you were uh, – this is right up Walter's alley because Walter – I don't think he knows the extent of, of, of George Richards' experience being at the Orange Bowl, some of the things that he's watched over the years. What, do you want to fill him in on that, uh, G-Man, before well, we ask you questions? Well, we've all been to the Orange Bowl <laughs> – <laughs> a time or two right I mean uh, that was the the place to be um yeah you know I started going to dolphin games with my dad when I was a kid and um you know a handful of hurricane games over the years you know growing up it was you know tough to you know get down there when you don't have a car but once I got it you know once I got my driver's license we were there all the time and sat in that west end zone that general admission zone me and my buddies and the best group and, of Hurricanes fans there are right there in that West yeah, End. Yeah, we started that when I, I'm serious. Like when I first got my driver's license, I was, you know, I told I told my parents, I was like, yeah, we're just going to take the bus. We're just driving down <laughs> to the Golden Glades and we're going to take the bus to the Orange Bowl. And, that you know, mm. so you don't have to worry about, dude, we were parked at that Sunbank, you know, or whatever it was, that apartment complex down there on 2nd. And What was your first car, George? It was a Chevy Cavalier. It was a piece of junk. Nice. <laughs> but uh, it, got us, it got us where we needed to go time and time again. So I think we started, started like going to every game, like 86, 87. So right, I mean, right, right in the middle of it, you know. And those were just, you know, great times down there. And, you know, the good times ended. They came back. <laughs> and uh, now they're, we'll see what happens. But, uh you know. James Williams. Now they're coming back. They've they've recruited everybody in uh, South Florida. I think. Yeah, yeah. The, the, he's from Western High, or American. He's from somewhere. I don't know. I, right. I, he, I can't. He's, he's been around Broward. He has yeah. been all over. He's yeah. back at Heritage now. He's back. At he's Heritage. listed as a Broward County student in general. But <laughs> hey, G man, we have you on here, yeah. and I, I got to talk some hockey with you because nobody knows more hockey in South Florida than you do. Um, and the Panthers, I'm actually really excited about you know, what's happening because I, I told the boys in a previous podcast, I like the way hockey's doing it, going straight to the playoffs. I'm not as keen as, as the way the NBA is doing it. So, so the Panthers are going right into it. They're playing uh, an Islanders team. As you know, they're very stingy in giving up goals. Um, and, you know, what are the chances that, that the Panthers can, can pull this off and, and beat the Islanders? Well, I think it's a whole new season. I mean, and, and, and people have been asking for my prediction, and, I, and yeah. I don't want to be that guy to just say, I don't know, but I don't know. I mean, you know, if, if, if they would have played this first round at the end of last season, I would have taken the Panthers uh, just because I thought the Panthers were playing better at the end of the year than the Islanders were. Uh, but the Islanders have gotten some key guys back health-wise. Um, they're a well-coached team. They run a system. Um, 
And, uh, you know, although they struggled, I, you know, I think if the, fin- if the season would have played out, I don't think the Islanders would have made the playoffs. So they, they've got, you know, kind of the new life. I mean, everybody talks about the Panthers slipping in. But with 13 games left, they were only three points out with, you know, a game against Toronto and a game in hand against Toronto. So they were right there and, and playing pretty good, pretty good down there at the end. So um, I know it's a small sample size, but I would have picked Florida over the Islanders then. But now, I don't know. I mean, because you've got a goalie in Sergei Bobrovsky who traditionally doesn't get off to a good start to a season. And guess what? This is the start to a season because they've been off for four months. This is like – this is a whole new season. What happened last year I don't think even really matters for the Boston Bruins, for the Tampa Bay Lightning, or for the Florida Panthers. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see – how these teams react when they get on the ice and have to play someone because they got one preseason game, they're playing an exhibition against Tampa Bay, and then, boom, their season's on the line three days later. So um, in in a short series against a a very talented and determined team, and like you said, they don't give up a lot of goals. Florida, before the end of the year, were playing a loosey-goosey style where they thought that they were going to score five or six every game, and if they didn't, they lost. So – um, right. I the pen- think they may have figured that part of it out. And if that's the case, if they figured out that's the way they got to play, they'll be all right. The Panthers can score. I mean, when they're going good with Barkov and Hubi and Hoffman, they can go at you with at least six pretty good forwards. So I think they can score. You mentioned Bobrovsky. This is a guy they gave, what, seven years, $70 million to. Yeah. He's supposed to be the savior. Uh, Luongo pretty much pushed out into retirement and Last year, Bobrovsky stunned the Tampa Bay Lightning, the best team in the league in the regular season, knocked them out, right? They bring him over here, and it hasn't been a, a very good season for Bobrovsky. So what do you – and there's been a lot of chatter. Do you attribute that to some, some flaw in Bobrovsky and how he's played, or is it the defense? Is it Ekblad? Is it Yandel, these offensive-minded defensive? What's been the problem in terms of giving up so many goals? I think it's been a combination of things. I, I do put a lot of blame on the way the Florida Panthers play defense in front of him. Um, right. It's completely different than what he's used to in, in Columbus. You watch a Columbus game, and, and they, they're defensive first. I mean, they win games 2-1, 3-2 um, because their forwards play defense. Their defensemen, you know, aside for their top two guys, don't score a whole lot of goals. And Florida plays a completely different style. Now, at the, at the latter stages of the season, it finally sunk in. Bobrovsky wasn't in net. He was hurt. He didn't get to play in those final three games. So he hasn't really seen the Panthers play really good defense in front of him like they did for Chris Drieger. Um, but I don't take all the blame off, off Bob either. I mean, you know, there were games where he gave up five goals, and I, I, I would have called him the first star of the game. He, he was that good. But he gave up, you know, they, he had no shot at four of those, you know. And, uh, but there were other games where, you know, you know there's a game, uh, the game that he got benched for uh, just before Thanksgiving. They were in Washington. The Panthers played a terrific game, and Bob gave up a couple softies, and, and Quinville was like, all right, I know our defense isn't that good. But tonight they were, and you weren't. So that opened the door for Chris Drieger to, to get the next start, and he gets a shutout in his, start, in his first NHL start and goes on from there. Had a great year for Florida. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, I think, I think Bob may have been dealing with some injuries. I know he was working through some things. Um, he, he missed the last four games of the year. 
Um, so maybe these four months have been beneficial to him. And I think that, that he's coming into this knowing how much is on the line. And, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. Gee, uh, we've heard a lot about, you know, how the NBA is handling, you know, the bubble now, how the players are, you know, dealing with things so far. And then baseball obviously is about to start too, you know, like a couple of days away from, well, a day away from that. And, but how's hockey, how are the Panthers handling this, you know, the adjustment to, you know, life and, you know, like preparing for a season for this playoff run and then dealing, trying to stay safe, you know, all the factors that are going into adjusting to this type of thing, how are the Panthers from what you've heard handling so far? And, and do you think the NHL can, can pull this off as well, you know, the way other sports obviously are trying to? I think so. I mean, you look at right now, everybody's in their home city. Everybody's, you know, when guys come in to the, uh, to the training complex, they're met with, you know, they got to wear gloves. They've got to walk one way down the hallway and one way down the other. Um, I think it, uh, you know, so they're safe when they're, when they're at the complex, right? It's what happens when they go home. Are they going out to eat? Are they going out to, you know, to the bar? It doesn't sound like these guys are doing that. They, they, they know what's on the line. If they test positive, they probably, you know, they're going to may not be able to go with the team to Toronto. Um, and I think it's important for them. You know, these are, you know, hockey players see the goal. You know, there's, there's a Stanley Cup at the end of this. And I think as long as the tests, you know, keep coming back positive, you know, uh, negative um, while they're in their mini bubble, when they get to Toronto, they're going to be in a completely sheltered environment. Uh, I think the NBA um, has been in their bubble a lot longer. You know, those guys have been there for a couple weeks now and they haven't played a game. Um, the NHL, they're going to get there on Sunday, um, practice a couple times and then have a preseason game on Wednesday. So um, I think once they get to that bubble, I think everything's going to be okay. Um, but you just sit here with your fingers crossed you know, that, that nothing happens now and that, you know, some, you know, somebody, you know, wore their masks to Publix, but didn't wear it to dinner, you know, on Las Olas and get something. So yeah. um, I think they'll be able to pull it off. You know, uh, I think they'll stay in their rooms and they'll, you know, they're not going to go out in Toronto or anything like that. And the, the NHL has said the penalties are pretty, pretty severe. If a player gets caught out, you know, it's like draft picks and the players are ineligible, all kinds of stuff. So wow. I think they'll be able to do it. Besides, we know all the fun stuff in Canada happens in Montreal, right? Not necessarily <laughs> Toronto. Yeah, you know, Toronto's a good time. I mean, I know a lot of baseball players were uh, ticked off when the Expos left, I'll tell you that. You mean Montreal's a good time, better time than Toronto, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Montreal, yeah. My, everybody loves Montreal. It's the best. I remember one time hanging out with you, and it was like, Manny kept asking you, favorite city for this, favorite town for that. Every, the, the answer every single time was Montreal. Montreal is a great, a great place. And we go there, you know, in the dead of winter. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, they had the NHL draft there in June and it was like party central. It, it you know, great town, really, you know, Montreal's fun, beautiful city, a lot of great architecture. Um, and a girl in a French accent. Terrific, <laughs> terrific coffee shops. A girl in a French accent is never a bad thing, right? Pretty girl in a French accent. We, I, don't we even, get know, you. I don't even speak French and I'm like, yeah, whatever. We, we got to get you to play uh, uh, better than Montreal. I think that we're going to invent that game for you. Maybe uh, maybe we do that before we, we wrap this episode up. We're just going to. I'll tell you what. Uh, the second place right now is Nashville. Nashville is uh, quickly mm -hmm. rising. 
you know, rising through the ranks. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I was there a few months ago before all this started, and definitely, I mean, it, that, it's a hopping town, you know, the whole thing. I mean, I haven't been to a Predators game, but I can imagine the, the, the surrounding area seems like it's a lot of fun, that's for sure. Yeah, they do it right. They know what they're doing. Hey, G, I, I wanted to ask you a question is, since we're sticking to the pa- uh, Panthers right now before we get to Montreal. Um, <laughs> in terms of what has sort of plagued this franchise, you've been covering them now since when? When was the first year you started covering them? I was given uh, – David J. Neal was the original beat writer, and his right. last season was 2004. So I took over for him that summer. Then they had a lockout, so no season. My first real hockey was 2005, so okay. 15 years ago. So That's great. What, Your first season was a lockout year? That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. my first season's lockout. And Goldie had just been promoted to be the radio voice same year. So me and Goldie are like, we finally get moved up and, and this nothing. And this is what you get. Nothing. Um, what, what, I, I want to know, because you've been around it, you've seen everything. What, what, why has this – why has hockey not been successful here? I mean, in terms of – not just attendance and getting enough fans. Mm. I know they do have their hardcore group, but I mean, just winning on the on the ice, consistency. Because we've heard about all these great players, right? I mean, these, mm-hmm. these young guys, and I want to know what the real answer is here from you. you. You give me the real one, not the fake one. Give me the real one. Part of it is there's not a whole lot of pressure on these guys to perform. Um, I think that's that's something, you know, these guys don't get recognized at Publix. I mean, Roberto Luongo, you know, you would in any other city couldn't go out to eat and he could do whatever he wanted down here and maybe get recognized by, you know, a random person. Um, so, so if these guys get beat six to two, um, they can go out and nobody bothers them. Nobody says a word. They say, uh, what do you do for a living? I play hockey for the pay- <laughs> What? It's like right. that scene in major league. I didn't know we still had a team. Um, and, 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 and that's, that's, that is part of it, but, but that's, a lot of it because this team hasn't won. I mean, we're, you know, we look at 1996 um, for those of you who are around when that team went to the Stanley cup final, you, you could say in popularity, the Florida Panthers, you know, were right there at the top with the dolphins and the hurricanes. Um, everybody was a hockey fan. Hank Goldberg's talking about the power play on the radio. I mean, it, I mean, it was just, you know, every people, th- people throwing rats at the TV. Yeah, people throwing rats at their TV because you couldn't get into the Miami Arena. The tickets were three times face value down there, 15,000 seats or whatever. Um, So, they, I mean, the Panthers were so hot, Wayne Huizenga built a 20,000-seat arena thinking that he was going to sell out a 20,000-seat hockey arena every single night. And that first year, they did it. and, and then, you know, they finish in last place that first year. Um, and that just seems to be the, the way of the Panthers. They make the playoffs one year, they finish last the next. Then it takes two, three years to build up. Then they make the playoffs again. Guess what? They finish in last place again. There's no consistency. They haven't been able to put a, a consistent winning product on the ice. Um, I think there are Panther fans out there. I think there are people in South Florida who want this team to succeed, but until they start winning, they're not gonna they're not gonna invest the time because they've heard it all before. So I think there are a lot of people out there who you know get there you know either read the paper in the morning or, or listen to you know the radio. The Panthers lost last night three to two, and that's all they want to hear. Oh, they lost again. You know, um, when this team starts winning, people will pay attention. When this team in a couple of years ago had like a 13, 14, 15 game winning streak, 
this place was going nuts for hockey all over again. I think you just got to win. And, and they've been to the playoffs if, if they make it this year because this thing against the Islanders isn't even the playoffs. It's a qualifier. This will only be the sixth time in 26 years that they've made the playoffs. They haven't won a series since 1996. That was a long time ago. Um, you look at the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat, because of what they've been able to do, and, and, and the credit that they've got built up, that the Heat can go out and, and, and have a 10-win season and nobody's going to say, boo, oh, good, we're going to get a great draft pick. We'll be back next year. The Panthers can't do that. The Panthers have, a, uh, have another last play season. Mm-hmm. Nobody, you know, well, give up, how- move them. Move them to Quebec. Hey, hey Manny, I want to I challenge you. It's a great question by you, Manny. And, and George's answer there is very interesting and one I hadn't thought of. You, so you're saying – one of the factors is there's not enough pressure on the guys because they're so anonymous, whatever. But does that really, in Toronto, for example, there's plenty of pressure. Everybody, I'm sure, recognizes every maple leaf on the street, and yet they haven't been very good for quite a long. I mean, they're better now, but they've had a, a lot of dry spells. So that, does that theory stand up in the reverse? I, I'm just saying, I just don't think that, you know, these guys – but there's like, you know, I, the Tampa Bay Lightning guys go out and get recognized. I mean, you know, it, it, it's just a, a lack of pressure. And, and a lot of times you've got to put it on yourself internally. I'm not saying that's the whole thing, but that's part of it. And, and, and it, and it kind of ties into the, the whole team is kind of anonymous, right? I mean, Sasha Barkov is one of the, you know, and, and Jonathan Huberto, two of the better players in the National Hockey League and, you know, when everybody talks about who's the, you know, who's the biggest athlete, biggest name athlete in South Florida, you know, usually they get thrown in at the end. Oh, well, we got to include the Panthers. Uh, yeah. Barkoff, Barkoff, you know. Um, so, you know, they've kind of gotten in their own way that way. I mean, with, you know, over the years, I mean, this has been 20 years, um, you know, since Wayne Huizenga sold the team and, and the, the, that owner kind of, mismanage things and, and and they changed course you know every you know every time somebody sneezed they changed course um I just remember somebody telling somebody from the Panthers got fired and this was the time when the Panthers hadn't made the playoffs in 12 years and half the teams in the NHL make the playoffs but the Panthers hadn't made it in over a decade somebody goes you couldn't do that on purpose. You could not miss the playoffs for 12 years if you tried to. And here they are. Here's the Panthers, 12 years, no playoffs. And, um, you know, they've made it twice, you know, this decade, 2012, 2016. Um, if they win this series, they make it again. And, you know, who knows what can happen. That's the beauty part about hockey. This team could catch fire. And if they make a deep run, if they would have made a deep run in 2016, who knows what would have happened? I mean, I, I think if they would have played Tampa Bay in the second round that in 2016, people would have jumped on that bandwagon hard. But it seems like, you know, they've had good players. It's not like oh, a yeah. lack of talent. Um, it, I mean, is it the coaching? Because I know they've gone through a bunch of different coaches over the years, the front office. I mean, they've, they've had some changes there as well. I mean, I guess it's just hard to imagine, like you said, 12 consecutive years where you can't miss, you know, you just, it's harder to not make the playoffs. You know, I mean, you, you would think that some way, somehow they would do it. And it's just, it's just amazing that they've, they've had so much or so little success. And, and there's been so, sort of just this attitude of, well, like you said, uh, they're not recognizable on the street. Nobody really cares about them. 
Um, and it, and it's and it's sad because you would think sooner or later, you know, you'd accumulate enough draft picks. You there's they'd find a way where somehow, some way, you have one great season. Every team seems to do that at some point, and it just hasn't happened for them. Yeah, and maybe that's coming, you know. And I think that the, the one thing they've got now is an owner who's willing to spend money. I don't think they had that in the past, um, or, or or had the money to spend. I mean, this is the you know the first time that we've seen the Panthers go out and really spend some money on the free agency market. They've acquired some players here and there over the years or drafted players, uh, but they never really went out and, and spent money unless you know in 2011 they had to. They only had you know eight players under contract they had to go out and get free agents but this time uh owner Vinny Viola was like okay you know what we've got a good core group of young players the window is closing we need to surround them that's why they went and spent 10 million on Bobrovsky they went and got Anton Strawman, Brett Connolly, Nola Chari now later Brian Boyle um they, they think that they've got a very talented team I mean you look at their defense on paper the players the individual players look pretty good. Um, you know, you look at their lineup, it looks pretty good. They've got some really good players and they've got a, you know, a, the only two time Vezina trophy winning goalie, active goalie in the league. So, and they've got a hall of famer behind the bench in Joel Quinville. So mm -hmm. they spent a lot of money on that. He's the second highest paid coach in the NHL. So they are spending money to try and win. Um, and we'll see if it pays off this year or next year, but you know, they think they're close. They think that this this time, this time, they're close. <laughs> Just as a quick follow to that, George, and I, I want to let Andre and, and, and Walvi ask questions, but I, I guess my point is there's been such a long run of failure here. At what point does the ownership group just say, all right, this isn't a hockey town, this isn't going to work here? And, and I guess how often over the years has that even come up, you know, where internally you've heard, hey, they're thinking about leaving. Is that, has that happened often here? Not well, not as much as has been rumored, you know, because I think a lot of people in Canada look at some of these empty, you know, some, you know, Quebec City, you know, oh, the Panthers are moving there, the Quebec Panthers, that they're not. Um, let's not forget that they've got this arena that they run and they, they, you know, control. I mean, that that's one, you know, card in their pocket. Um, but that is one reason why, uh, and a big reason why Vinny Viola went and spent this money. He wants to see what they've got here. He wants to see if they put a winning product on the ice, will the fans come? And, uh, you know, we're going to find out. And then now we got this pandemic. So kind of threw, you know, a wrench into that plan, but you know, we're going to see, you know, we'll, we'll see in the future, but that is one of the reasons they want to see what they've got here. The NHL wants to see what Florida's got because the NHL's looking at South Florida and they see, you know, the, the, the crowds here, but they also understand that this team's only been to the playoffs five times in 25 years. You know, they're like, the NHL's like, if you put a winner in South Florida and nobody shows, that's one thing. But you haven't done that. You haven't put a winner in South Florida. So, of course, people are going to stay away. I get – listen, I talk to people from around the league, and they're all like, oh, look at, the, you know, look at Florida. I'm like, well, what would your city look like if you'd only been to the playoffs twice in the last – twice since 2000? You've yeah. all, your team has only been to the playoffs twice since 2000. What do you think your crowds are going to look like? They're going to be terrible because we've seen it. The Boston Bruins, an original six team, when the Panthers went there after the lockout year, they had to get the dropkick Murphys to play intermission to draw fans, and they still only got 7,500. The Chicago Blackhawks couldn't give away seats 
behind the glass. They couldn't give them away before they got good. So that, you know, cities will support a winner. Um, This market will support a winner, but they're not going to, they're not going to support mediocrity. And, you know, for the last 20 or so years, for the most part, that's what the Florida Panthers has, has, has given them. Gee, it's kind of interesting to me, though, that the Marlins, you see how much they struggle to get fans. But, like, I mean, not that I'm, I'm not like a season ticket holder of the Panthers, but I do go every once in a while to games. They, it doesn't seem like the arena is completely empty all the time. Like, there are seasons where you see, like, random games draw. And I know some of that is also the road fans come in and, and stuff like that. But I think, like, what the point you're saying, if they can consistently win, I think they have a little more – of that opportunity, I think, to, to draw where you see, like, another team in town like this that, you know, there are more baseball fans in general here, but yet the Marlins still struggle to bring in. But the Panthers seem like – you're right. Like, if, if they do consistently – I've seen some good crowds when I've gone to some of these games. I like going every once in a while because I like watching hockey in person. But I think they, there is enough of a following that I think it picks up if they're successful, wouldn't it? I mean – yeah, and, and they usually draw better, you know, in the winter months, you know, when football's not being played. And they, they do well in December and January, you know, that kind of thing. But if the team's in last place, you know, you're, you're killing your walk-up. And in the arena, let's face it, you know, Wayne Huizenga built it in a spot where he thought that, you know, he was going to draw from all of South Florida. And basically what they did was cut off Dade County. I mean, you know, you – the, the the people that they're drawing on a when Tuesday night are not coming from the biggest populous county in, in, in the, in the, in the state or in, at least in this market. Um, so that, you know, that, that has hurt them. I mean, that location, that location of that arena has hurt them. Um, and, but definitely the, the on ice product has, has, has been the biggest thing. I mean, there are plenty of hockey fans in, in South Florida. I've been to, sure. I've been to a lot of games when the Northeast, Teams come to town. That place is full. The problem is there are a lot of Rangers fans, as Andre uh, alluded to. There's Flyers fans, Bruins, Canadians, Maple Leafs. If they played a schedule with just those Northeastern teams, they they sell out, and it's, the place is electric. What when the Colorado Avalanche come in, um, it's it's a, a far different story. But the other thing that's interesting, I wanted to ask you about, G-Man, when the, in this in July. When the, when the Panthers had their plan to attack free agency, they had a really good plan. They needed a goalie, and they got the best goalie in the market in Bobrovsky. Seven-year contract hasn't quite, but maybe that's the defenders in front of them. The other guy they wanted was the bread man, Artemi Panarin. He decided he wanted to go to the Rangers, and he's one of the three guys up for MVP. So I, I guess it's a, a Panther dream. What would this season – what might it have been had they gotten both of those guys. And, and Panarin is not just a scorer. He's artistic. He sets up his teammates. Would that have been the thing to really electrify this market? Let me tell you what. Artemi Panarin is absolutely dynamic. Unbelievable. He'd be, you know, Pavel Burry all over again um, here. And, you know, the money just wasn't there. Um, and they also, they also pretty much feel like Artemi Panarin wanted to play in New York. And that was the overriding thing. And to pay him – they would probably have had to go to 12, $14 million a season plus given, but that's $24 million for two players. Um, with the salary cap. Yeah. With a salary cap. So you wouldn't have had Brett Connolly. You would not have had, um, a cherry. Well, maybe a cherry because he's not actually making a whole lot. Um, but Strawman. So they felt like when, 
they, you know, when Artemi Panarin had turned them down, you know, a couple of days before the signing, um, they went after other people. But because basically, from what I've been told, they came to both players and they said, here, we got 21 and a half, $22 million, whatever the number is, you guys split it up. And uh, it wasn't enough for both of them. And they feel like that Panarin always wanted to go play on Broadway, play in New York City. And regardless of what they would have offered him, he was going to New York. So whether that's the case or not, I don't know. But having him on this team, whew, that would have been, would have been something fun. I got one last one for you, and this is going to put you on the spot a little bit. But we do a little thing here on our, on our podcast, on our broadcast. We call it Behind Las Cortinas. And you've lived in South Florida long enough probably to know Cortina means curtains. Behind the curtains, what's your funniest or best story of something like something that happened in the locker room that you saw that that was uh, funny or something that you know you're privy, you have that press pass. Do you have a you have a great uh, story from the locker room and something funny that you saw, or maybe I don't know. You've interviewed so many compelling characters, John Tortorella, you mentioned in in Columbus, or any of the guys with the Hurricanes or the Panthers. What's your best uh, locker room story? Put you on the spot. I know. Um, I've got one that I really can't tell. That, that, that that's one of my favorite ones. Um, Come on, man! It's on page three hundred five, baby. Come on. I, yeah, I, I can't. Let's uh, call your lawyer. Let's see if you can get that one. They, they did the same thing to me. I wanted to tell one of my better D. Okay, okay, all right. I, I can leave names out. Okay, so so I'm at I'm at a uh, I'm at a hotel bar. I love it already. I'm at a hotel bar. And we're <laughs> hanging out, and we you know these you know two young ladies are sitting there and. You know, we're sitting nearby, we're talking a little bit, and they're talking to each other. And, you know, I hear, start hearing them talking, and I Speak hear. Speak a little some, more slowly, George. I'm, I'm enjoying the story. <laughs> I hear uh, some recognizable names. And uh, so I start really listening in, and, and they're like, yeah, they're in room 421. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so we'll be heading up there in a minute, uh, and they get another glass of Chardonnay or whatever. And I'm kind of laughing because I hear both. And I'm like, hey, you know, good for them. So I walk away <laughs> and I get my phone and I call one of the guys and I say, um, hey, listen, hey, it's George Richards from the Miami Herald. Um, listen, I just got a call from my editor and we got an open page that I've got to fill and I got to write a story right this second. Would you mind if I came up to your room right now and we could sit down and do a quick interview so I can, you'd be saving me. You'd be really saving me. And, and the, uh, yeah, right, right now, you want to do this right now? Uh, yeah. Do you mind? I mean, I, I'm in the lobby. I can come right up. You know, we're in the same hotel. You're a bad man, George. Oh yeah. 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 So, so I let him, you know, for a minute and I'm like, nah, I'm just messing around. Have a good night. Uh, I'll see you later. I'll see you tomorrow. And, and the next day they're like, you knew all along. Oh, yeah, I knew what's going on. <laughs> I to be a rich NHL player. Oh, yeah, man. The, the good old days, baby, the good old days. Gee, so you talk plenty of hockey, man. But, you know, I, when we met and we hung out all those years on the high school beat, like you knew every sports bar up and down the state, every, every hangout spot. Um, what's, what's a good any, – any other good stories, similar ones, or something that, you, that always sticks out to you from, from your days on the, covering the you – know, not just Broward, but like the South Florida high schools, anything, anything cool that still comes to mind? Well, you know, we all used to have, have a real good time back in the day when, uh, remember, we used to go to Lakeland or we'd go to Gainesville for state football or state track. And, um, 
you know, none of us were pro beat writers then. So whenever we had the, the Miami Herald credit card and we could <laughs> use it on anything other than, you know, uh, office supplies, <laughs> I think we, uh, you know, we thought we were the, uh, the kings of Jordan, you know, we just went, hey, we're, <laughs> we're going to the Lakeland Hooters and like the wrestling coaches, hey, it's on the Miami Herald. Don't worry about it. Push, push that stipend, baby. Get, push get that 20 wings. Points. Hey, get 20 wings, coach. Don't just get 10. Get yeah. 20. Get, hey, another man. P- get another pitcher. Back get in the glory days, we was in the, the Herald didn't even care. They're like, oh, yeah, well, you – did you get good information from those wrestling? Oh, yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> like now they'd be like, you're not even going to the, to the thing. Well, you know? I, I, I got to bring up, you bring up Lakeland. I got to bring up two places. One, the Texas yeah. Cattle Company. All oh, right, I where, love that place. Where we had the, the best steaks. And, and I remember getting together, you, me, Christy Cabrera, all kinds of people who were covering high schools at the time. And, and then, of course, the best place of all time, Brothers Barbecue. And I want, I want you to describe in your own <laughs> words – what it's like to go to brother's barbecue. It's not, it's not there anymore, right? It shut down. No, it closed down. Apparently like a guy that used to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers bought it. And, and, and I think yeah. uh, kind of, you know, drove it into the ground. I don't want to disparage anyone, you know, who's listening yeah. or whatever. It's, like a, it's, like a, it's been a while like, too. Like it's been, yeah, it's been at least, yeah, it's been a long time, but yeah. brother's barbecue was over by what? By it was over by uh, Memorial, over, right? No Lakeland. Yeah. It was off Memorial. It was over there yeah. by that, uh, by the Lakeland football stadium, not far from, mm-hmm. you know, the hospital and all that. And it was just in this neighborhood and it was a converted house that, you know, back in the day, it was one of these guys that had a smoker on the back of his truck and, you know, would, would, would cook ribs, you know, at the shell station on, on the weekends and then made enough money to, to buy a house and, and convert it into a restaurant. And it was just an empty house with, you know, linoleum and cheap tables and those, remember those, I, you're right, yeah. but, but, but my goodness, man. It, it was pit barbecue that was just you could smell it as soon as you turned down the street and they had a little parking lot in the back and and we would walk in and just they'd always have some kind of special and it was always ribs and it was always like man i just remember one 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 person just had sauce oh i'm not gonna name names i'm not naming nobody roman not <laughs> sauce the legendary oh, sauce like sauce. <laughs> wearing his pace shirt just covered pace wrestling just covered in sauce <laughs> and like, went to the game later that night I'm like do, do we need to get you another bottle of sauce? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he, another- and he said something famous about that sauce if i'm not mistaken he denies it but uh, <laughs> he said it, it. yeah uh that sauce was good in, in the in the greens and the, <laughs> what did he say tomorrow? Oh man, he just lo- really liked the. Well, sauce. he just said it was so good that he'd he'd suck it off anything pretty much. So uh, I think that's. Uh, and we'll leave it to the imagination. <laughs> we'll leave it to the imagination. Which, by the way, I, I think of our own Lakeland story, Walter. When you when you were there, um, and 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 obviously, you know, it's one of those places where you go shopping and you feel like you're you're not really a part of the neighborhood. You know, you you. It's you, you walk in there, you're just like, okay, the food's great. I'm here. But at the same time, I don't want to get anybody angry. I don't want to get anybody upset with me. And I remember you walking in there the first time and you, and you, and you ordered, I think it was the, uh, the, you want me to tell the story? Yeah. I want you to tell the story. Go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, I believe it's a black owned business or maybe black run business. And so I went in there, 
I love my black brothers and sisters, I must say. And I go in there and I'm very cognizant of that fact. And I'm ordering and they ask me what kind of chicken. Well, I always get the white chicken, you know, give me the white chicken. And I'm starting to feel a little self-conscious, you know. And so then they, they ask me, you know, you want cornbread? I really don't like cornbread. I like white bread. So I go white bread. I'm thinking I'm getting more self-conscious now. I'm thinking if they ask me, if I ask for a, a vanilla shake, they're going to kick me out of this place. <laughs> but it was just... It was just my imagination. Everything they asked me, I was saying white, white, white. But, I mean, they did have loaves and loaves of that white bread. <laughs> yeah, they did. Right. Well, they were pushing the cornbread. The they were pushing the cornbread. Well, out. you got to get the cornbread, but they were going to give you a couple slices of the white bread anyway because you got to sop up all that delicious. <laughs> Man, that was the best sauce. I mean, it really was. I, two places in the world where I could taste the sauce right this second, Brothers Barbecue in Lakeland, and the barbecue barn on 7th Avenue and 117th Street in Miami. That, that was good barbecue. <laughs> What's, uh, we, we, we should wrap up the show with uh, whether it's good or not, as good as Montreal, right? We, we, we want to see what compares to Montreal because that was my favorite game with you back in the day when uh, that time I was asking you about which is the best NHL city for this and what's, what's the best NHL city for that. So I'm going to ask you, um, <clears throat> what's, where's the best – beer in the world where's the best beer in the world i would think germany um i've never been there um uh let's go with uh nashville nashville wow better than montreal well yeah canada is very expensive canada i don't know how people live there i mean you you go out and you're like 86 dollars what i remember one time we went we went to watch the super bowl in toronto and uh, it was me and Goldie and a bunch of players actually went to a sports bar in Toronto. And this is just Canada. This is just how it is. They were like, oh, yeah, Super Bowl's on. We got a uh, bucket special. Four Bud Lights, $27. It was like, what kind of special is that? Well, they're usually yeah. like, you know, 10 bucks a piece. And I was like, yeah. Anyway, Canada's very expensive. Nashville, getting there. Nashville used to be very affordable. Nashville, you could go in and it was like a you know old time honky tonk, and now it's kind of getting Disney fied. But whatever, I like Nashville. All right, so that's the best beer. What about uh, best chicken wings? Buffalo, man, you got to go to Buffalo because anywhere you go, it doesn't matter. Everybody says, "Oh, don't go to the Anchor Bar." Go to the Anchor Bar. If you've never been to Buffalo, if you've been to Buffalo, you've never been to Buffalo. Go to the Anchor Bar. It's where they invented the chicken wing. They're going to be the best chicken wings you've ever had in your life. Can you get better ones in Buffalo? Absolutely, you can. But you got to go to the Anchor Bar first. Um, if you're in a hurry, they have an Anchor Bar at the airport. So huh. you step off your plane in Buffalo, and the first huh. thing you smell is chicken wings, and you're like, "George is home." <laughs> Buffalo. I mean, every every place. One one place is better than the next. Be- best steak. Montreal. Montreal. Great steakhouses right downtown. Right, even right right by the arena. Montreal. Great steaks. Uh, number two, Texas Cattle Company. I agree. I love that Texas Cattle. <laughs> I really hope it's still there. I've been to Lakeland. Oh, it is. No, no. Every time I go it's... through Lakeland, uh, yeah, uh, I was there okay. for. Uh, December I was there and the great thing if you go like in spring you go there and you know all the tiger people all the tiger VIPs are there you see you know Leland there all the time and Dombrowski and them and it's really one of the few really good places and it's not I remember 
not to go go nuts here, but we used to go there, you know, when we'd go for state basketball, or whatever, and we thought we were spending a ton of money. Mm-hmm. You know, like that was our that was our big meal out. We would now you go and you're like, it's really not that expensive and it's it's pretty darn good. Texas Cattle Company, two locations, Lakeland, Florida, and one in St. Petersburg. He is a spokesman now. All right, hot as women. Oh, here we go. This gets <laughs> Walter excited. <laughs> George is an inter- international man of mystery. He's been everywhere. He's been to every. But you're uh, asking him NHL cities or the whole world, Manny? No, I mean, listen, he's been everywhere. Did he go traveling. to Sweden once to uh, cover the. the, the Went to Finland. Did? Finland was Finland? good. Yeah, uh, Finland yeah. was. Ah, you know what? There's, you know, there's beautiful people everywhere. I don't okay. want to. I'm not one to judge. Look at me. I mean, I'm. <laughs> all right. I, I just thought I, thought I was going to get Montreal again for all of your answers. Medley. I, I don't know. Medley. Medley. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I think that's going to wrap it up unless you got any more questions. No, that's it. I mean, I, I'm a little disappointed he kind of ducked that last question. Oh, come was, on. Was very yeah. political. Very political. Politically correct is what you wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, politically correct. But it was, it was great catching you up. Know, you. you know what surprising place? Go ahead. Minneapolis, Minnesota. There you go. In the mall, probably. <laughs> But it was uh, great catching up with you. A lot of great hockey talk, a great behind the Las Cortinas story. And uh, should we ask him a George Smith story? He's got to give Georgie us boy. He's got to give us his best George, uh, George Smith story. St. Thomas Aquinas, football coach, AD. Give us the best George Smith story. Uh, well, there's a whole, there's so many to go through. I mean, Smitty, Smitty is the first time I covered him, I wrote something that he hated and he gave me he still kind of brings it up. Um, and this was 30 years ago, you know, but uh, if you used to cover his games when he was coaching, um, we used to have to file in his office, which was right across. <laughs> we, we, you know, we'd go in his office and t- unplug the fax machine and plug it into our computer or whatever. Um, and then file our stories because usually if you were covering St. Thomas, it was, you know, a story that you couldn't dictate, right. Because, you know, it's going to be more than three paragraphs. So anyway, Right across the hall is where he and his coaches, after every game, they would talk to the players. All right, good game tonight. We'll see you tomorrow. They would go and break down the film that night. And, uh, you know, you'd be sitting there typing away, and um, he'd come over. You done yet? You done yet? You done yet? Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Let me read. He read over your, uh, yeah, that oh looks okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, come on over. Come, come on over and watch film. And then you'd <laughs> walk in and watch film. And these guys – like there'd be, you know, cause St. Thomas had like, you know, more coaches than the university of Nebraska, you know, they had 20 guys jammed into this little room and they were just ripping the opponent themselves. Oh, look at, look at Johnson over there. He thinks he's, Oh yeah, yeah he's dating. So, and so he thinks he's a big man. Can't make his block. It was just, I mean, the stuff in there, if you could print that stuff, it was some of the best stuff that we ever got because they were just going nuts. And one time, they were ragging on one guy so bad. Smith finally stands up and did that scene from the, from the, from uh, uh, Animal House. I'm not gonna let you rip Joe Smith anymore. He's an amazing, you know, gentleman. And he walks out like, and everybody's clapping. Was, uh, those are good times. We had we had a lot of fun. You can't do that stuff anymore. Now you go to a St. Thomas game, you have to have a credential yeah. and. You know, this and that, and word, you know. F- favorite athlete all time in, from Broward County? Hmm. Well, one of my favorite, and I covered him for, you know, pr- 
pretty much his junior and senior year. Um, I would have to say Tyrone Moss mm -hmm. with uh, Ely High. I mean, as far as football goes, right. um, I always loved covering uh, the Dillard basketball team, you know, the, the, the men and women's teams. Those were, those were fun and very dominant teams. And, but covering Ty Tyrone Moss and those Ely football teams, what the, his junior year they came, I think, to the state semifinals and lost – and then that senior year, I mean, they were unstoppable. I think they had like six or seven, you know, major D1 kids, um, including him. A bunch of them went to Miami. Um, it was that was that was fun. That was that was those were those were those were fun times. And you know, God bless. It. Yeah, George, it was great having you, man. Now we can wrap it up. We've gotten Broward, we've gotten George Smith, we've gotten Montreal, we've got the whole we got shebang. Brothers Barbecue. Yeah, we, we covered it all. I couldn't that sauce. Oh. And the sauce. <laughs> Where Ro Roman's he got the secret recipe. He's been putting on uh something something else. Roman made our podcast year. and our broadcast. <clears throat> now I got right. another story there, but I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Say it. Say nope. it. Nope, I'll tell you off the air. <laughs>